Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Judges chapter 13 and reading for our text verse 19. Judges 13 and verse 19. So Manoah took a kid with a meat offering and offered it upon a rock unto the Lord. And the angel did wondrously, and Manoah and his wife looked on. Judges 13 verse 19, and it's specifically the subject looking on while the Lord works wondrously. The character of Samson is a strange character. And here we read of how he came to be born. There's no doubt that the Old Testament church, knowing the promise that the seed of the woman should bruise the serpent's head, were expecting there would come a time that there would be one born that would deliver Israel, that would deliver his people, that would be the Christ, the promised seed. And so here we have one that was barren and the angel appears to her and tells her that she should bear a child, a special child, no doubt in Mary, cast in her mind of what manner of salutation this was for her than it was so here too. There are many similarities, if you like, as if the Lord at this time was to give some indication of how it would be suddenly coming, suddenly coming to a woman that, uh, well, in Mary's case, not being with a man, or John Baptist, again, one that was barren. We have a reminder in that with even with Abraham and Sarah, the very first where the promises are given and where Israel is formed from. And in each case, the birth was a miracle. It was against nature. As if God is saying, when I bring my beloved son into the world, that's what it will be. Against nature. It will be a miracle. It will be a sudden appearance. It will be in a manner like this and so it was and yet we read here of his birth and what expectation his parents would have had of how what a godly child how wonderful he would have been used and yet when his life then unfolded what a strange life and his choice of a marriage partner and his manner of dealing against the Philistines, it, it must have been a very hard path for them to walk through. And yet right here in this first chapter, we read at the end of the chapter, the woman bare a son, called his name Samson, and the child grew and the Lord blessed him. The Lord blessed him. Simple words and yet sets the seal and stamp 
the Lord's blessing upon him. And then the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Estol. Again, you have the record with our Lord at 12 years of age. And that at times that we read the record of how he was speaking with the doctors, hearing them and asking them questions. And I believe often this is where the Lord works in the sinner's heart as well. The Spirit begins to work at times. And I found this with the exercise of the ministry as well. Quite often we will think if we have a right work of God in our hearts, if we have a right exercise, if the Lord has begun a thing, then it will go on and it will progress and those exercises, the seeking will go on until we find and go on until we're brought into the ministry or until the thing is brought to pass. And the idea that it would go on and then suddenly the intensity of seeking dips off, you get despondent and low and, and our prayers is not urgent and we think, did has the Lord begun really in my heart? Is it all coming to nothing? And the Lord uses such things like that to bring about a real concern. Is, is it really stopped? Has the Lord forsaken me? Is he not going to appear? Is he not going to save me? And the Lord uses that concern and then puts his hand again the second time. And then again, even through those concerns and those great fears, the Lord furthers what he is doing in the soul. And so often like this, that is said of Samson, how the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times. And I hope there's some of us here that know and have proved that in our experience as well. There are those at times. There are hearing times that are special hearing times. There's times when ours is an urgent pressing case. There's not every time the same. They that have no changes fear not God. God's people do have changes. Changes in their feelings. Changes in what is going on in their souls. But they are mindful of those things. They are noting these things. It is a concern for them, especially when they value their souls. We have the witness of Hebrews 11 concerning Samson, that Samson was a man of faith. He was listed in that role of those that lived and died by faith in the coming Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Samson himself was, I believe, a type of Christ. When you read of his last uh, days when he died, there's several aspects, things that are said there that he killed more, he wrought more in the day of his death than he did in all his life. In his life he was fighting against the Philistines, he was dealing with them, but when it came to his death, there were more slain at his death 
than they were right through his life. Our Lord, through his life, he wrought many, many miracles. He uh, raised the dead, he cured the sick, he multiplied the loaves, the fishes, but none of that has any comparison with what our Lord accomplished at his death when there his head, uh, his, uh, Satan's head was bruised, his heel was bruised, when he accomplished on Calvary the redemption of all his dear people. He paid the debt that they owed, he suffered in their place, and then he rose again from the dead. Now with Samson, some may question and say, well, did he not commit suicide? Because he pulled the building down and built it down on himself as well. But he was to die and he could have done nothing except the Lord had given him the strength to do what he did. It wasn't him, as it were, uh, to lay down his life in that way. And we think of our Lord saying, I have power to lay down my life, I have power to take it again, this commandment, have I from my father. And so the uh, very event of Samson's death was an evidence of the Lord with him again, his blessing and the strength and power upon him again. But it is a, a, a strange case and yet here it is recorded in the sacred word of God. This is, of course, a historical record, an inspired historical record, a record that we know in all these records points to our Lord Jesus Christ and that which is written aforetime, written for our learning, that we through patience, comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Well, it would be a sad thing if it was said that here in this chapter or in this time was the only time that any would be favoured to look on while the Lord does wondrously. Does the Lord work today? Does he work in sinners' hearts? Are there those who are wrought as miracles of grace? Are there those who work wonderful in providence, gone before them in their lives? And they've looked on and they've seen one thing happened after another. Or could we say that this never will happen again? There shall be never a husband and a wife that look on and these things are, are, are happening. Well, it is so. The Lord does work. There is a people and will be to the end of time that do see the works of God, that do notice it that do glorify the Lord, that are able to say that this is the Lord's work and it is marvellous in our eyes, all this thing proceedeth from the Lord. And we know that he will have a regard to the work of his own hands. When we say that we believe that God is the King of kings and Lord of lords and that nothing happens by chance and that he orders all things, do we then put that into practice and say, we are looking for thy work. We're expecting for thy work. We are praying for thy work. We are wanting to see thy work. And when we see it, 
Are we then backward and say, well, like the Philistines when the ark went through their land, is it the work of God? Or is it just a chance that these things happen to us again and again? When they put it to the test with the ark on the cart, then it was very clear when the oxen, instead of going back home to their calves that had been shut up at home, but they took the straight way to Beth Shemesh, then they knew that it was the Lord's hand that had been against them. But it's a blessed thing when we're able to recognise the work of the Lord and expect to see it. So I desire to look here this evening and really cover it in a, a fairly broad way. But firstly, the one that did wondrously in this account. We uh, read that the, it came to pass in verse 20 of what the angel of the Lord did that was so wonderful came to pass when the flame went up toward heaven from off the altar that the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame of the altar and Manoah and his wife looked on it and fell on their faces to the ground. But I'm wanting to look at this first point but the one that did wondrously who is this angel of the Lord. And then secondly the offering of our Lord and his resurrection looked upon because that is what the great type and we might add even further not resurrection only but his ascension into heaven as well remember this is the types the shadows this is a sacrifice here and the angel then ended up in heaven Ascended up into heaven, not seen anymore on earth. And then thirdly, the Lord doing wondrously in our lives. And we can but look upon it. So firstly, the one that did wondrously. <coughs> we have Manoah asking the name of this angel. Now his wife had said, in verse 6, when she relates this to her husband, but I asked him not whence he was, neither told he me his name. man that had been born blind, he reproved the scribes and the Pharisees who had said, Moses we know, but as for this fellow, we know not whence he is. But the man that had been born blind says, Why, herein is a wonderful thing. He know not whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes. He hath done this wondrous thing. Well, the woman said she did not ask where he was. They didn't know whence he was or where he came from, and nor did she ask his name. But Manoah did, and he asked his name in... The uh, verse 17 Manoah said unto the angel of the Lord what is thy name 
that when thy sayings come to pass, we may do thee honour. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou thus after my name, seeing it is secret? Well, in the margin we read an or, or wonderful. And when we compare that and we uh, think of what's set forth in the prophet Isaiah, and there we have another prophecy that speaks of what the name of our Lord should have been. In verse 6 in chapter 9, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. It was to be God's work that was to do it. Now this here is a pre-incarnation appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord said concerning Abraham, before Abraham was, I am. Let us make man in our own image, was what God said at creation. And here in this account, in the account of the three angels appearing to Abraham before God destroyed Sodom, one of those was our Lord, the eternal Son of God, the second person in the Godhead. When the two angels came to Sodom, then Abraham was left with the Lord, and there he pleaded for Lot. And we read there that when God destroyed Sodom, then he remembered Abraham and delivered Lot out of Sodom. But it was with the Lord that uh, Abraham was speaking and pleading uh, for Lot. We have the same with Gideon. We have the same with uh, Jacob when he wrestled with the angel. They wrestled a man with him to the breaking of the day. His name was changed to Israel. As a prince hast thou wrestled with God and prevailed, thou hast wrestled with God and with man. The two joined together. Again, one of those times before our Lord physically took on him, bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh, he appeared as a man, as an angel. And often, the angels did appear as men. And we think of even when the disciples were watching our Lord ascending up into heaven, standing, gazing up into heaven. Sometimes we can read that account and think of the angels coming and speaking to them. No, they stood by them, two men. And they were the angels speaking to them. And you think of the angel sitting in the tomb of our Lord, 
that the head and the feet where the body of our Lord lay, they appeared in bodily form. And here our Lord Jesus Christ does this. And it is he then that spoke to the woman and that has spoken to Manoah. But while this was happening, they did not know. We read in verse 16, Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. And again, it makes us think on that Emmaus Road when our Lord Jesus Christ drew near to the two there. And that could well have been a husband and a wife as well because uh, we have Cleopas and we are told that the wife of Cleopas was one of those that was watching our Lord uh, on the cross. And so it could well have been. Uh, he first a man, they did not know who it was. Their eyes were holden that they should not know him. But by what he said to them and then what he did, in making himself known to them, in breaking of bread, their heart burned within them while he talked with them. The effect was known, and the effect here is known. We think of our Lord, how many, as we said before, did not know him as the Christ on earth, but they did see his wondrous works. They did behold what he did, but often they were stumbled because uh, they said, never man spake like this man, but, but this man, this is Jesus, Joseph's son, the carpenter's son. His brethren we know, his sisters are with us, and they were offended at him. And yet the very works our Lord says, the works that I do in my Father's name, they are they which testify of me. And it's important for us to, to realise this because in the day of grace and when the Lord works in your heart and in mine, it won't be by visual, it won't be by visions or by seeing him. It, he, will, he will be known by the judgment that he executes. He'll be known by his work in his convicting of sin in his teaching, all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. In opening the eyes, in opening the ears, in giving the bread of life, in breaking the bread of life. These things are, are not done by man. No minister can open the eyes of his congregation. They can't give a hearing ear. He which hath an hearing an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. It can't do that. That is God's work to do that. And if we are to view the wondrous works of God, we've got to really know that first. That this is not man's work. It's not his ability. It is God's work. This is the Lord's doing and is marvellous in our eyes. How shall we know? He that hath begun a good work in us will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ if we can't recognise his work within us or we're looking for something different that scripture has not said. But it is a miracle when one does feel and see and know and hear and have an appetite and have a concern and have a desire for the things of God. A living soul is a living soul because the Lord has made that person a living soul. 
in his time and way he will show himself unto you which believe he is precious but like those two on the way to Emmaus like those here they first partook of his work they saw what he was doing they were involved in what he was doing in that way they looked on while the Lord did wondrously but it was not until they saw him no more that then Manoah realised that he was an angel of the Lord and his interpretation is we shall surely die because we have seen God. He's very clear, it's not just a created angel, we have seen God. So the one that did wondrously and the one that does wondrously in our lives and the one that has done wonderfully at Calvary is the Lord Jesus Christ whose name is wonderful, whose name was secret, but now that beautifully opened up in Matthew, his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So it's a great contrast from all the years of silence as to the name, and suddenly we have a name, and then we have in Philippians that he hath given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. The blessed light of the New Testament showing us what here is hid. I want to look then secondly at the offering of our Lord and his resurrection looked upon. There's another expectation here as to almost an intimation of what would happen when the promised seed came. Here is these two, husband and wife, the Manoah and his wife, and the sacrifice is offered and the angel is doing wondrously and they are looking on and they are seeing all that is being done. As if the Holy Spirit says that when my beloved Son comes upon this earth, this is how it will be. He will work wonderfully. He'll work wondrously. And there'll be those witnesses that look on and they will record what they've seen and what has been done. And that is exactly what it was. We think of how it was at the birth of our Lord and we have, the, uh, we have the shepherds and we have Simeon and we have Anna and we have Mary that is pondering all these things in her heart, all these wonderful things, all these things that are being said of her son and then that time when he was 12 and there are those that are hearing him and seeing him and then Mary hears him say, Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? But she just said, Thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. As if the Lord would gently reprove her and say, No, my father in heaven, that's whose business I must be about. And then we think when we come to our Lord's sufferings and death, 
And the Lord is choosing out witnesses. On the Mount of Transfiguration, he, he chooses those to go up with him and to see him transfigured before them. He chooses those in the Garden of Gethsemane to go and to be witness with him and to hear his prayers and to see his agony and they're looking on at all what is happening. And then we come to the cross and we have the varying characters there <clears throat> that are looking on. We specifically read of it with the soldiers they crucified him, they sat and looked on him there. And later on, when he yielded up his breath, when the rocks ran, when he died, when he laid down his life, the centurion said, Truly this was the Son of God, the witness of what they had seen. But what conflicting things. We have those passing by, wagging their heads. He saved others himself. He cannot save. We have the two thieves. At first both casting the same at in his teeth. Then you have the record of saying uh, that uh, one saying, save thyself and us, come down from the cross. And the other says uh, to him, we indeed justly, this man hath done nothing amiss. Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And all of these they're looking upon this sacrifice, that this sacrifice here was setting forth. This burnt offering was being offered, literally offered, and there was witnesses that were seeing it. And the Gospels, they record what they saw, the same as we have recorded here, that one offering for sin. They have the women and they're recording it as well. Uh, many that were looking upon our Lord in all his sufferings, and is not that prophesied? They shall look upon me whom thou pierced, they shall mourn for him, they shall be in bitterness for him, even as a man for his firstborn. And that's speaking of in a spiritual way. So it's not just going to be those that literally saw and recorded and bear witness the reality of the historical event the actual fulfilling of scripture at Calvary, but there shall be those that spiritually see, that read these accounts and believe, and their eyes are opened, and they look upon the Lord as their saviour, their redeemer, as one suffering in their place, bearing their sin. I, if I be lifted up above the earth, would draw all men unto me. And the Lord says in John 6, No man... Cometh unto me, except the Father which sent me, draw him, and I'll raise him up at the last day. Do we know what it is to be attracted and drawn to our Lord, our crucified Lord? Paul says, I determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's a hard subject for one to preach. It's hard to hear. It's easier to preach providential things. It's easier to preach things that are natural things. It's easier to hear that if we are but natural, but quickened into spiritual life. And then there is a hungering and thirst after righteousness. And then we'll have that appetite and a desire for Christ. Give me Christ or else I die. A whole salvation 
bound up with him. What is Christ to us? One of the hymn writers uh, speaks of that in the hymns. What think ye of Christ is the test to try both your state and your scheme. He cannot be right in the rest unless he be right in him. But with our Lord, it was not just that which happened at Calvary. It was that on the resurrection morning as well. A host of witnesses that looked on while the Lord did wondrously, while he appeared uh, to many. And during that 40 days, that 40 days of testing and trial uh, to really verify the Lord had risen indeed, Many times he appeared, sometimes to 500 brethren at once. And then we have the ascension into heaven, of which we've already referred. How that the disciples, he led them forth as far as to Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he was parted up into heaven. And then the angels appeared as two the disciples, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which thou hast seen, ascend into heaven, shall come in like manner. You know, they returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were daily praising and blessing God in the temple. Not how you'd act with someone who just said goodbye to their best friend, to their saviour, their master, but such a realisation, such a belief, such an understanding they had of what the Lord had accomplished and done and had ascended up into heaven. Here it was said, Manoah knew that the angel was God because they didn't see them anymore. Well, our Lord is not here below. No one can produce his body. He's risen, he's ascended. He is in heaven. That's why we have as one of our articles of faith the very glorified bones and body of our Lord are in heaven. They are nowhere else. Of course, we have the types of like Elijah that was an, an Enoch who was translated uh, equivalent to death, but changed, taken up into heaven. Uh, and again with Elijah, and I've said before. Uh, Elisha, he asked that he might have a double spirit of Elijah's spirit. And Elijah said, Thou hast asked a hard thing, but if thou seest me when I am taken from thee, then it shall be granted. And he did see. He saw the chariots and horses of fire, and he said, My, uh, the chariots of the Lord and the horsemen thereof, and the mantle that fell off Elijah was taken out by Elisha. And Elisha, he performed twice as many miracles as Elijah did. And with the disciples, our Lord said, And greater things shall ye do, because I go to the Father. And the apostles, they raised the dead, they healed the sick, with Peter, even his shadow passing, healed those that he walked past. And more than that, when they preached the gospel, thousands were miracles of grace. Thousands were converted and saved. And always the apostles gave all the glory and honour, not to themselves, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is his work, his wondrous work. And you've got to read that in Acts to 
Think of what miracles it was that was being wrought on men and women, children, of being converted and turned to the Lord, brought to conviction of sin, pricked in their hearts, and brought to follow the Lord. And so we have here the offering of our Lord and his resurrection, his ascension, looked upon. And we have the record of that in the word of God, those witnesses chosen before of God, testifying what they had seen. And that will be so in a spiritual way with the people of God, whose eyes are open as well, who see through the word of God, and believe through the word of God. Remember our Lord said, I pray not for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. And we should hang on to that. We should realise that. The Lord has made intercession and prayed. And there is no stopping of the generations. It's lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world, that the Lord will bless his people through the word of God. And they will look on to this one sacrifice offered at Calvary. We could put, before we pass on to the other point, just another way where we may literally look on. Here was an Old Testament sacrifice that Manoah and his wife looked on. An offering has been offered and the flame arose into, into heaven. They saw it. Well, we have it. When the Lord's Supper is administered here and in each church where it is, we show forth the Lord's death till he come. Those emblems are looked upon. The cup is looked upon. The words that are read and pronounced over them, exactly what the Lord did, they are looked upon. They listened, they heard. And there's not just any ordinance. It is the ordinance the Lord has chosen. Ye do show forth the Lord's death till he come. This do in remembrance of me. We should never slight what the Lord has chosen to set before our very eyes. I do know there are some churches that feel, and they practice it, that it should always be behind closed doors and there are those in some of our churches that maybe have never seen the ordinance of the Lord's Supper observed until they partake of it themselves there's reasons put for that and I, I wouldn't criticise our brethren but I feel it's a blessed thing and it was blessed to me when I was first seeking an exercise of my soul to look from the back of the chapel at that ordinance, many exercises, much searching of heart, much longings accompanied that. And I, I believe it is a sacred thing to show forth not just to the church who already have known that, but to show forth to men the same as in our Lord's death and sufferings. It, it was shown to all that passed by and how different their reactions. And we may ask ourselves, how do we react to this? How do we view our Lord being shown in the way that he has appointed? And of course, before that as well is the ordinance of baptism. 
Again, it's a very visual. We see it. We see it enacted. Our Lord went through it. And this is given to the church by the Lord. And Manoah and his wife, they looked on. They looked on. May we do so as well and, and, and feel the angel does wondrously. Well, I want to then look at the last point. The Lord doing wondrously in our lives and we can but look on. Now, I only just want to touch on this, but it is a blessed thing where we begin to notice the Lord's work both savingly in our own lives and in the lives of our loved ones. Then when we look in a providential way how the Lord brings about things in answer to prayer, in the timing of things, in those things that the Lord performs, that we're able to join with those like Bethuel and Laban. Nothing proceedeth from the Lord, or this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvellous in our eyes, Psalm 118. Right through time, the Lord has been pleased to appear for his people, the children of Israel. They saw all the wonders in Egypt. They saw the Lord's wonders at the Red Sea. They saw the smitten rock and the waters flow out. They saw Jordan passing, uh, being banked up and, and go over it. And we have seen in our lives, we have seen many times the Lord has appeared and gone before us in providence. He's gone before us in many different ways. Partners for life, jobs, a home, country, pastorate, moving house, with our children and answers to prayer, calling by grace. There's many, many things, and those are a sacred part of a Christian experience, to look on and to notice and see the Lord's doing. And I, I felt in looking at this verse, you know, all Manoah and his wife, yes, they brought them, prepared the, the sacrifice here, but really all they had to do was to look on. And really in our lives, yes, we do have to make decisions. We do have to make things a matter of prayer. But how much we just look on and the Lord does wondrously. And you know that following verse, for it came to pass. How many things in our life can we say, following the Lord doing wondrously, for it came to pass? Now think of all of the prophecies, the great thing of those prophecies when we come to our Lord's death, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But when we have a praying people, a people that say, Lord, not my will, but thy will, or show me thy way, that are mindful when the Lord puts forth his sheep, he goeth before them. Mindful of what the Lord said to Moses, I'll make all thy, my goodness pass before thee in the way. And that goodness shall be seen. We can acknowledge that. And here is this privilege of Manoah and her wife of just looking on while all this happened. 
And may we know something of that. Be able to look on. May we know it as a church and congregation here. May you know it in your lives. May you know it in your soul's experience. Be able to see the Lord's work. And be able to give him the honour and glory for it. Well, there's just another closing point I want to make here. After the angel never appeared to them again, then Manoah suddenly has fears. You think, how can we be watching the Lord doing wondrously and things coming to pass? And then suddenly, instead of thinking these things are for us, these are all against us. In fact, Manoah, he says, we shall surely die. Could you imagine a situation like that? Having walked and you've seen everything go before us, everything go as the Lord's hand, and then something is brought before us, some new thing, some different thing, or looked on a different aspect of what we've been through, and we say we shall surely die. Suddenly this fear. And we see here the blessing of two together, blessing of a husband and wife. It's a blessed thing to be one in the Lord here. But even in that marriage bond, they're looking on the same things, hearing the same things, but being able to perceive it and view it in different ways. Manoah said, it's all against us, we're going to die. His wife used it. And she has a different word. But his wife said unto him, If the Lord were pleased to kill us, he would not have received a burnt offering and a meat offering at our hands. Neither would he have shown us all these things, nor would, as at this time, have told us such things as these. What would be the use of telling about Samson being born if suddenly the parents are going to be killed? She could see this, but Manoah, for that moment of time, he couldn't. And he needed one to put her right. Sometimes the Lord does this through the ministry. You come in tried and troubled and distressed and seeing everything black. And then through the ministry, the Lord shows you it is not all against you. Not like dear Jacob said, all these things are against me. Then he could see later how they weren't. Well, may we know something of this looking on while the Lord does wondrously. May it be to our encouragement and strengthening. My Manoah's wife could see the Lord's blessing and goodwill towards them. May you see it, may we see it as well. The angel did wondrously, and Manoah and his wife looked on. Amen.